Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Next Gen Zimbabweans podcast. I'm joined by Miss Jocelyn Sitole. She's an entrepreneur, the founder of Southern African Development Consultants. Uh, she's also a writer, sharing and expressing the information that she has uh, gained throughout her many years of experience, but also she's a leader. And um, her online presence exudes that leadership, mentorship, and support she has for the youth, for the youth particularly women as well. Uh, so thank you so much, Ms. Sitole, for joining us on this platform. It's my pleasure to be here, Yasha. Thank you. Okay. I was thinking about when I was putting this together, I was thinking to bring Zimbabweans, women, Zimbabwean women who recognize their power, um, how it takes confidence, courage, and empathy. And I came across, you know, all the articles written about you and it was kind of a no brainer. So let's start by you talking about your journey to becoming an entrepreneur, because I know that's usually a journey filled with self-discovery, self-doubt, and then self-actualization. So how was your journey? I really don't know where it started, but <laughs> um, <laughs> my mom, my late mom, she was what I would put in court, a hustler by watching her, doing her things, um, raising up seven children, um, also raising up him other relatives just by you know she had a job and also she did a lot of other things so that that also I think it kind of resonated with me it kind of grew in me and um when I was at high school I I, I sold sweets and all sorts of things um and after that um when I went to but I think my journey really started when I was in South Africa um <clears throat> I, I I did a stint with um, with Eskom and I was in charge of um, of of managing the uh, of managing the portfolio for 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 young for young women youth uh, people living with disabilities and women and I realized that there was uh, there were a lot of gaps in terms of women entrepreneurship in just terms of training uh, in entrepreneurship so that's really piqued my interests and I said, you know what, I, I'm going to dedicate my life and myself to ensuring that women uh, develop the requisite business development uh, skills. That's how I actually started Sodeco, Southern Africa Development Consultants, um, which is a company that um, basically is in the research enterpri enterprise development facilitation space. Um, with the research, um, my real focus is focusing on women entrepreneurship, researching around how women entrepreneurs, um, the gaps around women entrepreneurs, um, township economies also, it's something that really interests me. And I've been working in townships, just trying to understand um, the power that they have. We don't understand uh, township people at all, but they do have a lot of power economically and also growing GDPs. So that's actually piqued my interest. After that, I also noticed some gaps as well in terms of um, people really don't understand, especially sometimes marketing, whereby we we put out generic marketing um, uh, material out there without really making it focus on particular um, on particular subjects, for example, right. women and, 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 and townships. Uh, what can we use within townships 
that that resonates with them that they can identify with them so i started um a peculiarly um a peculiarly <laughs> named company called gooseberry <laughs> which basically <laughs> It's yeah. also doing research around um, advertising yeah. uh, basics, especially in the township arena and around mm -hmm. um, women. Um, Move was for events. Uh, I've not done a lot of events because I've been very busy on the on the research side, but I hope right. to do that um, as well. But basically, my my life is around training, is around research it's around capacity building around facilitation that's that's really what i'm really passionate about and other i i also have hobbies that i i am I'm, I'm, I'm trying to monetize i am a jack of all trades yes. <laughs> candle making i love candle making um i love making cupcakes though i still oh. need to make somebody out of it but I'm really thinking about um, growing uh, candle making, and I've actually done some training about three weeks back. So it's something that I I really also very interested in. That's really wonderful, and I think that's one of the benefits when you become an entrepreneur the first time. Because I think the hardest part is starting and saying, "Okay, I can actually sell. I can actually produce something good." And then once you've caught that bug, you are just creating everything. You you think you can do more and more. Yeah. So, what do you think yeah. are some of the things that um, the positives of you becoming an entrepreneur that you're seeing? new qualities that you have developed? Uh, I have discovered things about myself that I I really wasn't aware of. Um, and, and, and I know that it might sound strange, but it's thanks to my divorce. Wow. Um, after, after I got divorced, I mean, you have to hustle. You have to, you have to make sure that the kid is uh, looked after. Though, though I always, um, big up to my ex-husband for being the very good dad that he is mm -hmm. and providing for our family, uh, for, for my for our daughter. Uh, but that, that kind of like, you know, you're in, a, you're in a sheltered space and all of a sudden you find yourself on your own uh, with a child. Um, so, 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 so that's again, inadvertently kind of like made me go into it. So I've, I've discovered that I have that power to change my situation and moving to South Africa, also trying to, to, to start a company from that side is something that I would never have done if I was still in that married space. Mm -hmm. So, so I, I really want to, to believe that it, it was catalytic in that way, though it's a sad situation, but um, I, and, and the freedom of not being tied to anyone it's right. also something that makes you make decisions on your own. I can go wherever I want. I can just say, okay, fine, I'm going to Big Falls without having to beg someone say, no, daddy, can I please go to Big Falls? And then we have that conversation, but I can just pack up and, and go. So there's also that freedom when we are also, and I believe even research has really shown that um, uh, single women, have got more decision-making power in enterprises rather than married women. So it's something that also I appreciate. No, it's not good to be lonely on your own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But we appreciate some of the advantages that comes with being single. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about it. I'm also happy that there, there is something that I've always been, when I was at primary school, I've always been 
public speaking, doing all sorts of, you know, extracurricular activities. It has actually come out now where I'm not afraid to walk into, into an office and, and, and say things that I feel. Um, for example, one of my biggest one, I, I, I worked um, um, at, at Business Weekly. There's in papers, I just walked and said, you know what, I'm not happy that your, your publication is not publishing SME things. Wow. So, so I really want to make sure that we start informing um, our, our um, your clientele and everybody else about what SMEs are doing out there. So he was absolutely one of the most amazing people I've met. He said, you know what, just, just go and write an article and then I'll look at it, then I'll see. And then I, I started writing articles for Business Weekly for the next year. Uh, including women related. So I touched on all subjects. It, it might be MCs, it might be, it might be women, it might be youth, it's what everything. So it was absolutely um, amazing. So that power again to be able to walk in and, and voice what I personally feel. And women and SMEs and youths are my are my passion. When I feel that that there's some there's some disenfranchising here. I, I voice it out, which I never used to do. So absolutely, it has been it has been quite a journey. Of course, you have a lot of um, discouragement along the way, but also the successes that have come with it have really been uh, life changing for me as well. And also impacting the amount of women, uh, the number of women that I've impacted in terms of business skills has been also absolutely amazing. I've been I've been privileged to to train, you know, very high net worth individuals. Privileged to train the woman in the rural area in Mutasha Bay, just sitting under a tree and just telling them, guys, you know what? You need to save up money. You need to do this. You need to do this. So it's, it's been absolutely amazing, and it's something that I. You know, just getting your money from things that you like doing is absolutely an amazing thing. Yeah. 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 That is so wonderful. And I love one of the things you talked about. Um, you know, you were talking about your how your relationship, um, how it propelled you, the ending of it propelled you to do more, how standing alone made you realize, you know what, I, I can make more decisions by myself. But I'm also curious because um, you talked about how, you know, women in relationships or who are married, they can have less power if they have to answer to someone else. Do you think that's how it should stay? Where if you're a powerful woman, you always need to answer to a man or is it something that the world should have a conversation about where, you know, any woman, whether you're in power or not, you can still make decisions at home as well. Look, I think it's a conversation that 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 has been started. It's a conversation that we have been that has been going on. Even if you look at the research, um, the, the the glass ceiling. A lot of women have not reached the glass ceiling. If you look at the board composition in companies, if you look at the real decision makers, you, you know when um when our president made um. Uh, the Minister of Industry, what's her name, uh, Doctor? Um, um, I was, I really applauded that, yeah. and I really celebrated that because it's a powerful ministry. Uh, yeah. Many women have been relegated to social, social ministries. Mm. You know, the aesthetic. 
kind yeah. of ministries, not the heavy kind of ministries. So that that conversation is going on, and and, and I'm glad that we are seeing a lot of women out there, uh, you know, getting into this powerful position. We are seeing a lot of entrepreneurial women. Um, if you look at the Megafest, um, Megafest uh, Awards, if you look at the ZNCC Awards, you look yeah. at women who have really made it, and the, and some and they have husbands. Um, yeah. We have been supporting them through this right. journey. So you find that there are some husbands who actually acknowledge and understand that this is my woman, I need to, to support her. Yes. And maybe that's the reason why I've stayed for 20-something for years on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I need a man who understands what makes me tick. Yeah. I need a man who understands that I've got, I, I need, I, I have input into the world. I have to somehow in my own corner, I have to change the world and somehow have to meet halfway for me to be able to be able to 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 impact the world in my own in my own way. And um, there are men indeed like that. I, I can attest to my sister's husband. Absolutely amazing. But there are also men who have really what we have PhD syndrome, where pull her down syndrome, right. where you've got this woman um you you she can't go she can't she can't make any decision she can't go out i've seen i've gone into workshops where women are saying we have got forms to sign and, and they they have to go in to show their husbands wow you know what my story um yeah okay i'll, I'll not sign I'll, I'll have to show my husband and and, and and the husband will say no i've seen husbands taking over their wives' businesses, which they were not, they were not interested in, running them down. And I've seen relatives interfering in in in, in these women's businesses, running them down. I've seen widows um, behaving their businesses. So, so we really need to to continuously have this um this conversation. And I think for me, I think it will start right from from you going out with someone in the dating stage where you're actually um, unpacking what this person is, is, is all about. Is this person going to support me? Is this person going to support my, my dreams? I think that's where it starts. If you want to start it when you're already there, um, I think it can be a, a, a pick, you can get into a pickle, but I believe um, we are getting somewhere as women. Uh, just look at the state, just look at what women have, have achieved. We are getting, we are getting there. I mean, the amount of women presidents we now have, the amount of powerful first ladies impacting their countries, it's absolutely amazing. So I, I, I believe we'll get there. We will get there. And I think also it's telling our children or sons when they are being raised that, you know, a powerful woman is an asset, not a threat. And uh, because they are powerful in your home, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are taking you down or now your power yeah. is gone. Um, and I think that's one of the things yes. that just looking at your online presence, I'm inspired by because I'm still also in the stage where when I see other people's successes, I feel like, oh, I guess I'm failing. Like, look at these people who are succeeding. What am I? Uh, whereas I feel like you have this attitude where you say, while they are succeeding, now the world is succeeding and I'm excited. So how did you come to be that? Because I think a lot of us struggle with, is this person's success going to affect me? Am I also going to get opportunities? Is it over? Yeah. I think um, like beauty, uh, success mm. is in the eyes of the beholder. Mm. It depends how definitive 
you are with the word success itself. Um, many people will say that um, success is the monetary value that you get. Uh, the houses, the cars, and, and, and it's a very Zimbabwean thing. Because Zimbabwean, we are very materialistic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very material things. Um, I, I don't define success as that because it's 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a very long journey. And 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 last year when I was looking, you know, last year there was COVID, and in our research, uh, in our research space, we do face-to-face -face interviews. It's a lot of interaction. So it meant that a lot of business went went down. You had to actually start uh, looking at other things um, to do online. So it really affected the way we do um, <clears throat> we do business. But if you are going to say success is monetary, then I think it it, it is a kind of like a myopic view of uh, of success. Because for me, um, when I looked at myself, thinking that you know what. I have failed. I have. I looked at the number of women whom I have trained, which 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 are more than thousand, which, which is more than five thousand or something, in just two years with the kind of organizations that I have worked with. I look at the research that I have done, how it has informed our policy space, how it has informed our um, our um, our the 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 entrepreneurial um, revolution. I look at the articles I have written. How many people have come back to me and said, "You know what, Justin? I really loved your articles. It changed the way I look at things." Uh, my favorite one is how combi drivers. If you can read that one, how combi yeah. drivers. How we can learn. How the business world can learn from combi drivers. I went to Resenda Street and and I showed them that that article, and they started reading the newspaper and and they were so happy that there was something included. Yeah. About about combi drivers, so it's 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 just that kind of success. And when you reach a certain kind of age, you kind of like say, you know what, where I am supposed to be. Let me just keep on what pushing. And Zimbabwean, the Zimbabwean environment has not been um it is it has got these ups and downs. And in terms of research, they are already very well established research companies. So coming from the diaspora, coming back here, trying to penetrate the research space for me was also quite difficult until another woman carried me. So it's very, very important for us not to look outside and, and who is doing what, but to look at your journey and say, where am I? Where, what, what do I really want? Where do I really want to get to? What do, and define really what you want to be. So, so in that same breath, I have said, you know what, I want to go research enterprise, enterprise development capacity development, already concluding my master's in enterprise development um, this year wanting to to latch on to another master's in microfinance just really okay. um educating uh, myself and eventually before i hit 55 having a doctorate in 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 um finance in women enterprise development something on that ground so it's continuously educating yourself continuously knowing about your your field so that that's how really i define success because if you define it by the mercedes and whatever i don't think you'll get there look at mother teresa and the princess diana both very different in the way that they look Lived, at things yeah. but extremely successful look at mahatma gandhi he just he stayed in a rural place weaving his own clothes but look at the impact that he does so it, it just 
It's just what you, you call your success that is going to be very important. I love how you tied this like specific to every individual's unique journey. So I think it takes mm -hmm. even being kind to yourself and saying, I came from yeah. really far and look where I am right now. And I'm successful because I'm still standing and I'm still going strong. I love that. Um, so obviously you have um, been, I think you also talked about some observations that you've made in the business world and, you know, writing about combi drivers, but what other observations have you made from a female perspective, observations about the business world that you think um, men do not easily see or, you know, there are also gaps in how other men see the business world. Okay, I, I think, you know, the enterprise, um, the entrepreneurial general has always been very male dominated. Right. And, um, and, and I think males see you, uh, women entrepreneurs as, um, as you know, small business. So if you see a husband speaking to his friends about his wife's business, uh, you'll be saying, you know, so they kind of like trivialize uh, the, the women's businesses. So, so, so it's just, it's just, as women, we now have what we call self-fulfilling prophecy, where also we, we now end up teaching about about So if you look at women businesses, we are not static. We, we are all over. If you hear that there is Mabero there, you rush. If you hear that there is Juta there, you lift this one and you rush there. Yeah. If you hear that there is something, so we we are never grounded in um in one place. That's why our businesses they don't grow as compared with males. Mm. But if you look at the men, if they're into construction, they will hit it and they will continue growing it and they'll continue growing it. That is something as women we actually need to 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 learn. And also, we are family. We, we are family. We are the ones who carry the burdens of the family. So there's, when there's a funeral and you know that you have got, uh, you are doing agriculture in Dombosha, everybody's looking at you to bring cabbages. They yeah. don't know that you have invested uh, money in those cabbages and you want to sell them to get a profit. And there you are just getting 500, 200 cabbages or wanting for the funeral. So it's also something we really need to be very sanctified and very brutal when it comes to uh, divorcing our family lives and also our entrepreneurs. I, I, I used to be like that until I started separating my bank account, saying this is the bank account that I'm going to use for, for, for shopping, but this one is for, for business. So, the, so, so, so women also, we need to get to that point where we are saying, you know what, we need, first of all, to grow our business. We need to be very um, brutal in, 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 in pushing that thing. And that thing that we push is the thing that we love, the thing that we are passionate. I love talking, so I make my money out of talking. So if you love cooking, make your money out of, <laughs> out of cooking. Yeah. If you love agriculture, there are women with green fingers. Go out there in the field. Don't, don't disregard that field that is in the rural areas. Go there and do something. So it's, I think as women, it's something that we really need to do. And we also, also need to fight our voices um, in terms of uh, our males to say we are doing something and we love doing this. And appreciate us and, and, and we are there. So these spaces also we need to create them. I know that we've got the women's bank um, financing women, but we need more of such um, institutions uh, for women. That is true. I love what you talked about. Um, and I think it's also having a niche, right? 
Um, yeah. Most women, I guess, we are kind of trying everything out and having a niche is what really pushes you. It's a longevity game. Like how long you've been doing something, you know more people, mm-hmm. you have a greater voice and people respect you more for it. But I also love mm-hmm. you talking about you know, we people almost expecting women to be kind, even in their business. Like, okay, you have cabbages and you're a woman, you're nice. So show up with your cabbages at the funeral. When it's like, we really need to be brutal, set the boundaries. I feel like men get permission to, to set their boundaries and say, no, this is my business. But women is kind yeah. of like, no, you are sweet, you're a mother, do all this and all that. When we really should and be how much she, how much she, She's got so much. She's got like one thousand cabbages. How how can you yeah. just now refuse with hundred? How does that happen? Right. <laughs> and the talk of the the whole family, the whole the whole clan is talking about you because you refuse with your fifty cabbages. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So you are definitely attaching into a question I had about how women or Africans in general can raise um, their standards of business. Because I think one of the problems is, I saw one of the comments you put, I think it was in someone's post where you wrote, if only Africa knew the talent it had, of which I think then the problem is, we just don't know that we need to be better in business, you know, find out our niche, um, be more structured, be transparent, have a social media presence. I read about you talking about naming a business how that's a very important thing. What other important lessons are there to take African SMEs or businesses to the next level? I I, I think from a, for, I think, you know, as, uh, as a country and as a region, we have really put um, very good policies mm. in terms of empowering our women, uh, in terms of empowering our youth. The policies are there. Uh, the written work is there. What what we need right now is the implementation, and and, and I'm going to give out a shout out for yeah, to young ladies like you. Um, I'm not going to use the word slay pins or, or whatever, but I, I run mentorship uh, programs for young young ladies, young university, uh, all level A levels, and 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 I've noticed something about the uh, young women. Um, it, it's something that really discourages me, uh, but I hope that as we grow, we are going to have a, a very young woman who is very powerful. It's, it's this thing that, you know what, I'm going to university, I've graduated, then you stay at home um, looking for a job. You end up selling airtime, you end up selling many our jobs, which are not even your, which are not even the things that you went to. You deserve, to yeah. Yeah. So you find that we have a lot of we young women sitting at home. Now, if you spend two years, three years, you are sitting at home. The next thing you are going to be married off to someone simply because you are, maybe you are desperate or you have nothing else to add and nothing else to do. So we really need a young woman who, who is innovative, who is um, enterprises. You have done HR. Okay. What is it in HR? Can you make it up? on HR, can you make something on HR? And you know what, these days, the skills, I've always been telling people, the skills that you learn at university, if you do HR or if you do whatever, you are not supposed to have one skill. Maybe that HR with IT, maybe that HR with uh, with graphic designing, maybe that HR with whatever. So con- continuously, because this world that we are going into, it's not a world of one skill. 
it's a world that is multi-schooled. I'm sure I've told you I do facilitation, uh, proposal writing, monitoring and evaluation, research, enterprise development, training. All those are married together. So, so, so I think as young women, we really need to get to a space where we actually start from a high school point of view to say, look, what, what career choices are you looking at? What are the career choices that are there? What are the, what are the, the things that are there? Um, there's a young lady, uh, she, she, I think she, she's now working for cassava. She's done data mining and she was in the States. Uh, we went to church together, absolutely a beautiful trajectory of what, um, from the research that she used to do, she did, she started training data mining. Now she's working for this very big company. So it's not a journey that you just, after school, you just sit and do anything. And I've always been very, very explicit. If you are on an internship program, die. <laughs> work and die. It's hard. What do I do that when you leave? They will say, huh, that's what, when she finishes investing, we want her back. We have seen many people being called, recalled by companies that they did internship because they performed very highly. So those are some of the things that I think our young ladies really need um, to, to, to look at. And look, they, they, we, 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 we will not stop blaming the economy for this and that, and that will always be blaming someone. But at the end of the day, as people, we really need now to start being innovative as SMEs. Um, the SMEs that I found, I'm, I'm actually putting together a research. I'm doing a research in customer satisfaction across board to say which SME sector has got the least customer satisfaction. And you know it, we have suffered from, from people trying to mend our fridges. They made them worse. Uh, cars just it was running. <laughs> After a mechanic does it, it does not run. So we, we are saying they should now start the basics of customer satisfaction. Um, make sure that your customer satisfaction levels are very important. Uh, just last month, I had a fridge that I, 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 I came with from, I said it was brand new. And, and something just went wrong and someone came and it, it was like on the floor. And I refused to have anyone look at it until I found this guy who, first of all, he didn't make me pay in advance. He said, Mr. Tolle, I know that when I fix the fridge, you're not, you are going to be very happy. He gave me two weeks and this fridge is working beautifully. And I don't hesitate to recommend it. Recommend it. You know, those, that is the kind of service that SMEs now still should start um, putting out them. Another thing that is also quite important is our venture, venture capital space in the country. We, we actually don't have venture capital to talk about. Um, and it really impacts negatively on the growth of businesses, of SMEs. We really need innovative ways of finding how we can find finance to grow the businesses, SMEs. Most of them, we are going to die as sole traders or, or whatever. And when you die, the business dies with you. So I think we really need to make sure that we become like your, like your Mikus, where they were formed in the early 19th century. They are still surviving because they've been passed down uh, throughout the ages. So I think that, that that's, that's very important. Wow, that's so amazing. Um, I love also the part where you are saying a young person should work very hard. Any person should work extremely hard because I think one of the misconceptions people have with diversity and inclusion is, oh, just because you're a woman, they are gonna accept you because you are barely good at this. But I always go into a room and I say, 
I want to be the best, not the best woman, but the best period. And I think that yeah. should be um, the sentiment with everyone. But I think people also have a severe lack of, lack of confidence. I've heard about university students who are paying people to write their projects or stuff like that. And I think it really comes from people maybe not believing they are inventive, they are good enough, they can actually do the work. So I think we need to work on the confidence thing as well. That is black people as Zimbabweans, we are inventive, we are entrepreneurial, we have all the ideas. I'll always respect my, my late mother. She said no one leaves this house without a diploma or a degree or anything. And it later came true when we got divorced. Imagine if I had gotten divorced and I did not have anything. Mm. So it really helped me in life. And I, I was not desperate. I could look after my child. So, so I think, will, yeah, we will get married. But to go out there, discover yourself, change the world. You, 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 are, you are born for it. That's funny because my last question was going to be your advice for women in their 20s to 30s. And I think that was one <laughs> of the things. 20, <laughs> 20s, um, have lots of fun, uh, like good fun, good fun, good fun. Thank you very much. Um, discover yourself. Uh, go to school, go to school, do the master's. Impossible doing the PhD. It's very hard to do a degree like my age. <laughs> I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm struggling with a degree right now. So, so get as much education as you can. Also get um, experience in 20s. Um, go out there. I always say, leave your, your comfort zone. Leave your space. Go out there and see what the world, you, you'll be surprised what it, what it is, what, what's out there. So I really encourage my mentees to please get out of that space. I, I, there was a mentee whom I was mentoring in Utari. I said, you know what? Come to Arari for three weeks and see. And uh, he, has not, he had not been very much into Arari. He came here, totally loved. He said, no, Miss Toll, I'm going to job back. He went to job back. A completely different world. He came back a very changed person. Um, he runs a couple of businesses now, but that, you know, that, that, that worldview is going to make you, I will not be where I am if I had not been to SA. As a researcher, I was privileged to, to work with very big companies and also to, privileged to travel around Africa. So it really changed my worldview. So go out there, don't stay at that, at, at that one place. Um, for women in their 30s, yeah, you're getting married, but keep at it, yeah. <laughs> Keep at it. Um, it's time to, to discover your entrepreneurial journey. By 40, you should know your entrepreneurial journey. By 50, you should have augmented your entrepreneurial journey. So um, it's time to also experiment, experiment, fail. At 20, 30, fail. It's okay. Okay. It's okay to fail. It, it's fine to go down and come up again and, and go down. It's, it, it has never been, if you look at the biggest, um, the, you, 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 your Steve Jobs, your Elon Musk's, your, your, your Facebooks, your whatever, they failed dismally. They, they, they crashed 
and came back again. So you should never be afraid to 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 crash down and 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 and, and rise up again. So that that will be the the. It's it's not an it's not easy peasy. It's not an easy road. It's it's hard, but um, I will never regret relocating to my country because I believe that I have something that I need to give my 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 country using, of course, the skills that I learned in the diaspora. And um, and I don't regret, and I, I will not come back. I was in SA the other time, and I was just feeling so homesick. And my, my daughter was saying, Mom, you are now being very dramatic uh, with this wanting to go back home thing. Yeah. <laughs> but is a beautiful country. Let's, let's, let's build it. Uh, the women, we have got a lot of, a, a big part to build a beautiful country. <laughs>